Hey, welcome to Sex, Drugs, and Spirituality. I'm Sydney DeLorean, and I'm so excited. This is like a month of strange for the listeners because I have a new co-host in the studio, Sad Baby Beck, a.k.a. Beck Sanchez. What's going on? Oh, man, <laughs> not much. I'm, I'm just really stoked to, you know, be doing this right now. I'm stoked to be having you do this, and um, mostly because I'm not not quite an old person, but uh, I am very young at heart, uh, but um, I always, like, uh, I act like I'm hip, and I'm cool, and I know what's going on on the street, but I am in my mid-30s, so you are actually the uh, voice of youth you are our youth audience representative, and um, I'm going to interrogate you about what's going on. I am so fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you recently graduated high school, correct? Yeah, and it was a nightmare. High school in general, like the whole time? Uh, more like freshman and sophomore year. That was pretty, pretty awful. I don't recommend that. I don't know how I got out alive. And then sort of my junior and senior year, I kind of became a whole new person and kind of took the school by storm. Oh, really? So, like, people respected you, they knew you, they cowered in fear? Oh, they definitely cowered in fear. I think more or less it was kind of like the whole resting bitch face goth facade I've got going on. Oh, yeah. But it was mostly just people were afraid of me and I'm like I don't understand why like if you show me a photo of a dog I will probably cry but it's kind of nice to have that respect I am kind of envious of that because um I don't I'm a very friendly accommodating person and I'm nice to people whether or not they deserve it and it leads to me having a lot of unwanted interactions or conversations and it's just like when I'm in a mood you know and I'm I just I just want to go to fucking Safeway and get some toilet paper because I have diarrhea (laughs) and I'm going through it you know and then strangers want to have a whole conversation with me and I'm like Oh, Jesus fucking. I don't want to be like shaking hands and kissing babies right now. I just want to like get home and wipe my ass. Um, so oh, I feel that too deeply. <laughs> so like the, the goth persona maybe is, uh, is something I should look into. Help keep people at arm's length. Um, so the first two years of high school, were you invisible or bullied? Oh, I was like... Freshman year, I was definitely bullied, but uh, sophomore year, I just kind of disappeared. I found myself in the drama department, which is kind of kind of cringy, I guess, because I'm definitely one of those type of thespians. Like but, the stereotypical uh, drama kid? More or less. Like, that was definitely this year. Like, I swept the banquet awards with, like, so many trophies and whatnot. It was... It was kind of epic. I'm not going to lie, but (laughs) I was definitely a shy little person at first. I definitely did a lot of costume. So I was the costumer kid. Um, Well, I feel like theater kids have a stereotype as being, let's say, precocious, which I I get because there are like the kids who just they believe they're a star and no one has told them otherwise and they're always turned down and they're so theatrical and then there's kids like I in junior high I was 
a wannabe theater nerd um in that I was I was too shy to really be any good on stage but I did the um costuming and set building and stuff because I I was drawn to the theater but I was I was too shy and insecure I like I was kind of envious of those annoying precocious kids I'm like oh god they're just so comfortable in their own skin what's that like um so then you be when at what point did you become goth I've always had like the undertones to it since like elementary school my mom would buy me these fun little halloween shirts and then be completely surprised that i would not stop wearing them i grew up with a lot of um goth and industrial music like there is no reason why a fifth grader should be enjoying the lyrics to closer from nine inch nails but it definitely happened i mean i know it's weird because people think like that young people can't relate to these things but for some reason even if you don't fully understand it it can have a profound resonance with you so I uh, I salute all of that it was just like oh man I uh, found a playlist actually Spotify curated one for me based off of music from the 2000s and it was like Getting hit in the kneecaps with, like, a baseball bat made of nostalgia and sadness. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of this music was really great to listen to as a child, but it hit me so hard because it was like, hey, remember these good songs? Like, oh, yeah, of course I do. And it's like, remember when your house got taken in the fucking 2008 crash? I'm like, oh, yeah. Thanks, Spotify. Oh, did, is, that what, is, is that a true thing that happened to you? It did. We had to go into foreclosure, and it was just like... Me and my Halloween shirts, feeling like shit, and listening helpless. to fucking ministry. It's um, shaping, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is true. There is something about the uh, helpless feeling that comes along with youth that, uh, although then when you're an adult and you theoretically have control over your life and you're still sucking at it, that's like a different kind of like when you're a ki- you're a kid it sucks because you, yeah you don't have a lot of control and that's a certain type of ache but then as an adult you you're told you're in control and then when things go wrong then you're like well fuck now I don't I can't be mad at anyone but myself um so in as you moved uh into junior and senior year you got you stayed within theater did you and you're a performer now correct um sometimes like well, what do you mean by performer? Because I do quite a bit. Well, do you do you you do acting or do you perform live? Uh, only for the uh, my big break was this musical that we had our senior year, and I really liked playing that character. But in other acting roles that I've had, it's just kind of a flop. I'm definitely typecasted for a milf. Or some sort of motherly figure. Not always attractive, but I really don't enjoy being a mother. But the musical was a definite exception because I was like the big Jewish producer. And I was loving every second of it. Um, I, I, uh, it's always weird. All the greats are typecast as old people when they're young. Um, whenever I hear interviews with like comedians like Henry Zabrowski or whatever. And he's like, yeah, no, I was just always playing the old man. Um, it's just a sign that you're destined for greatness, I feel. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> so, okay. 
this is what I know about young people. This is where I'm going to get into it because you, you're my ears on the street. Uh, so young people really into Xanax, right? Is that correct? Um, there was a definite brief stint of it for sure. A lot of my friends started getting into it. This was kind of like 2016, 2017. It was, um, I know a lot of my friends really like this, like, these little rappers with like Lil in their name, like Lil Peep. He definitely popularized Xanax out here. And then after he died, everybody just kind of grew away from it. And then we started doing things like acid. And since uh, Denver decriminalized shrooms, now all my friends are talking about eating mushrooms. Okay. I like that mainly because, well, you're a listener. So you know that I'm very pro psychedelic and that they uh, don't cause any brain damage and can be like part of a really great uh, growth experience. Um, the Xanax thing is such a bummer. It's so dangerous and it's dangerous. I Maybe I should do an episode about benzos because uh, it's weird um, that when you hear about young people using them as a party drug. <laughs> I just like, don't understand that part. <laughs> yeah, like they're not, like they're, they just make you like, a zombie which is like why would you want to be a zombie in public um you know but uh and then you know people drink with them and they die and uh, i just started watching this hbo series euphoria uh with Zend- zendaya is that her name and uh they're doing a lot of zannies on it and i was like man young people love xanax um and then it's kind of hard to get your hands on it out here actually Oh, that's that is actually good to hear. Um, I I know um how do I say this? I know a less than ethical doctor who uh, prescribed before her license was taken away prescribed Zanny bars to like everyone in Phoenix, and uh, so I just felt like everyone I knew had like way too many benzos in their pocket. <laughs> um, and then if like you tell those people like. Oh yeah, I two shrooms when I go camping. Their jaws drop in horror. Like, oh my god, what are you doing? Um, so, young people is is acid really prevalent? Like for high school age students? Um, more or less. I mean, we're definitely known as like the weed capital over here. So there's a lot of weed circulating throughout the school systems. And that's um, not like a big deal, right? Like, do parents worry now if their teenager smokes weed? They don't really mind as much. I mean, looking at it based off like demographics in my high school, it's very um, heavily Latino populated, a lot of Catholics. So, you know, just growing up Catholic and wanting to do those sort of things, it's just very, you know mother's always watching and god will smack you upside the head yeah sort of type of view um and maybe it is because you're in a city with legal weed so there's even less of a stigma on it just because it's not even it's probably similar to underage drinking like yeah you know you're not supposed to be able to do this till you're 18 how how old do you have to be to buy weed there 18 or 21 Uh, you have to be 18 to get a medical license and 21 to smoke recreationally okay so i'm sure that Number one, like, there's less of a stigma. But number two, it's probably super easy to get a hold of because you don't have to deal with drug dealers. You just have to have a friend who has a card. Um, oh, without a doubt. There's a lot of people I know that are, like, abusing it and they're becoming, like, mobile plugs. 
So whenever you get onto Snapchat, you can just like scroll through and you'll see like a car and a plug emoji. And it's like, oh, okay. What's that's really nice to know. What's a plug? It's kind of like a slang term, like a slang term for uh, a drug dealer. Oh, okay. Like the, um, there's different types of plugs, like acid plugs, weed plugs. My friend's a Coke plug, and I'm a little afraid of him because of that. But, I mean, if he's making money, I shouldn't really care too much. Yeah, I mean, if he's as long as he's not doing it, because uh, people on um, speed type stuff are just a little more unpredictable. Uh, when people are on weed, you pretty much know what you're going to get. But, like, when people are doing Coke... Uh, it's pretty erratic. Also, I have a friend who has a serious coke problem, and it's just like it's fucked his dopamine receptors like for life. Like if he doesn't do coke, he is despondently like depressed to the point where like we're scared. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm very I'm very anti coke, but also yeah, you know, make that money because I serve people alcohol for a living, and I like I a lot of my regulars who basically pay my rent. Um. I'm I'm giving them medicine to ward off the DTs. I'm acting like I'm I'm a drug dealer. I'm acting like I'm their friend and I'm giving them medicine while I watch like their faces explode with gin blossom noses and they get diabetes and like it's not it's not great. So like whatever, but then I'm I got to pay bills, right? So uh so a plug no, I, I get that. Um, yeah. Uh, so a plug is a drug dealer. More or less without that, like, super scary stigma. Like, a lot of, I think I'm a plug? I have no idea. Well, what is, does a plug just mean, like, you're a source for the thing? Pretty much. Okay. So people maybe have, like, a weed card, or they go to the dispensary and they buy a bunch of stuff, and then other people can get it from them, and therefore they are a plug. Yeah, pretty much. Um, there's, like, one kid out here that is, like, a plug for LSD, shrooms, DMT. And he covers, like, a 30-mile radius. Like, it's ridiculous. This kid's, like, 15, and he's got a huge underground business. Um, First of all, I should probably move to Denver because I haven't been able to get my hands on mushrooms for over a year now. Um, and... Uh, like some of that comes from fear, because uh, I had a I had two sources, uh, for that, and one of them was super messy with texting and would just be like, "Yo, I got acid too, if you want it," and I'm like, "Why is this in writing? And why am I me- why am I meeting you outside of a, a Pizza Hut Express and <laughs> you won't even get in my car to hand me things? You literally are throwing it through the window. Like this is not great." Um, and then the other one was a friend of someone who I'm no longer friends with. So, uh, yeah. So I feel like maybe I got to go to Denver because you guys can actually get a hold of things. Cause I, I've, I've, uh, I've sold Zach. If I don't get some mushrooms soon, I'm going to have to go back on antidepressants and I don't want that. Um, so the answer is all, all, uh, in Denver. Um, so the kids are doing shrooms. The kids are doing acid. Are they? Is DMT common? It's a little more common within uh, certain parts of Colorado. Okay. There's surprisingly up north, it's a little more prevalent than it would be like uh, more south, like Pueblo-esque. But 
it's definitely big in Denver. Some of my friends figured out how to like make it more of like a liquid than put it on like blotter paper or something. Like I don't really know how you take DMT, but my friend's been putting it in jewel pods. Oh. And that's really concerning. Yeah, I don't know that you should be um, smoking it as casually as jewel pods. I feel like it's something you need to be doing like at home. To quote one of my first ever, actually, I think my first ever boss at the first bar I worked at, uh, she said, getting shit faced is like having sex and it should be done. No, no, no. She said, getting shit faced is like masturbating, it should be done at home alone or with someone you love and that's how I feel about getting like completely annihilated on any substance is you should probably do that at home um and uh like DMT would fall into that category but jewel pods you just smoke all day I'm ashamed to say that I have one with me right now well so all the young people are smoking the jewel and you've probably heard me talk about my FOMO in regards to the jewel and how, because there have been talks about regulating it or restricting it and me being like, do I need to get into it? Um, but then some listeners wrote in and said, don't do it. It's like super addicting. Um, when did you get into smoking Juul? Um, I got this about January or so. I used to kind of like smoke off and on through my uh, junior year. I ended up selling my, um, what was it? It was a Views Zero. I mean, great flavors and whatnot, but I was mostly doing this just to kind of, like, get by. And when I started my job, like, everybody I know in the service industry either has an addiction to cigarettes or they're doing coke in the bathroom. So I decided to take one of the lesser evils here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the thing about having... Um... An addiction, like the thing about being a smoker is it gives you a reason to take a break um, because otherwise your job will just work you to death. So uh, if you smoke, you can be like, I need a smoke break um, instead of me just being like, I just need to not be here for a minute. (laughs) Um, And it gives you something to look forward to to like get through your terrible fucking shift um so like I get that um I've known people who either they smoke a lot when they're working or they get real snacky while they're working because you just need something to help like soothe you uh during the work day um the coke yeah don't do coke uh also when people are like doing coke to get through the work day I'm like are you even making any money at this point like with the cost of coke like that seems like it's just so expensive like I don't really I can understand the addiction and having that amazing high I've never done it but I can kind of get the gist of it but it's so fucking expensive yeah like, like I'm... it's such a white people party drug yeah it's ridiculous and that's why people get into doing math because it's way cheaper to stay high longer but I also like I can't recommend enough instead of doing cocaine just I don't know, somehow get bipolar disorder because you can have a manic episode 
and um, be whacked out of your mind and destroy your life for free. It Every time that I've had a manic episode, that was 100% free. Um, and I still managed to uh, fuck shit up in the same way that someone on drugs would, but I didn't have to pay for it. Um, so, yeah, I just... Uh, also, that's why I've never done coke is because I'm like, I don't need to do stimulants because I could have a manic episode. Um, and, you know, next thing you know, you're spending $4,000 on some sort of business idea that uh, isn't good. Um, again, stimulants are dangerous in more ways than one. Just any, I feel like the, the greatest danger with doing like weed or something is that you're wasting time because you're spending time on your couch. But like, you are not actively destroying your life in the way that like someone on meth is going to like stick a wrench up their ass and then take apart a sink because they're going to redesign plumbing um you know what I'm saying like that is th those are very different things like just like oh man I ate too I got high and I ate too much popcorn and I forgot to do my laundry versus like you know I uh I I, I went to the racetrack and like bet $10,000 because I was convinced that I like knew the secret of horses. Um, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't done a lot of stimulants, but I've just like heard stories. So I'm supposing on these scenarios. Well, a lot of my friends, I say friends very loosely. Like there was this one girl I was really tight with in middle school and freshman year out of the fucking blue. She just started doing meth freshman year it was so fucking crazy like i felt bad for her her home life hella sucked but i'm like honey you do not need to turn to meth oh my fucking god yeah and i haven't not... seen her since no way i have no idea where she went oh god jeez louise those are the worst those are the worst i feel like it happens more when you're young than when you're older like the friends that I that I know that are deep into drugs like they already were dabbling when I met them but when you're younger you see the people who go from being like you know a sober teenager to then they're like oh yeah no they're on heroin now I had, like my I in, when I was 18 I had this like group of my friends that all got super into heroin and it was such a bummer and the one guy said he didn't take a shit for two months um, oh my god! And then <laughs> here's this is my anti. We're gonna just rename this podcast. Uh, it's not about high school. It's an anti-drug PSA. So he didn't take a shit for two months, and then when he finally did, it took him like an hour, and he didn't have any toilet paper because like he hadn't shit in so long that he had, and he was on heroin, so he forgot like about buying toilet paper or needing toilet paper. So then he had to use these like rags that his brother used to like clean off his paintbrushes, like. So they were like basically turpentine rugs. Oh my God. Or rags. Like, yeah. Um, so I don't know. Just like, don't do heroin because you might not shit for two months and you might forget that you need toilet paper and have to wipe your ass with rags that have turpentine on them. I don't know. <laughs> um, it's just like anything that's bad. Like, isn't that the whole thing of train spotting? Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. And then he tries to get sober and he has diarrhea. Like, crazy or something just anything that fucks up your bowel health don't do it um, oh god that's me with dairy though and then you always i'm like never again like, i'm sure you've seen my tweets yeah you have a bad relationship <laughs> with dairy but yet you keep like dabbling in the dark arts with it 
I'm a slut for cheese. That's that's basically it. I've stopped eating meat. I could totally go vegan if I wanted, but cheese has me by the clit, and I just can't stop. That's I love a good fucking Gouda. That's I, I something I cannot relate to, because uh, I just I've I've never been a cheese person. But people people either like love it or like or whatever about it. And I guess I'm in the whatever camp. Um, because I don't like things that taste sour, uh, and cheese has a sourness to it. But um, I like I get it because like I sugar sugar and me are not good friends. But then I I'll dabble with the dark arts of it. Um, and so so you know it is what it is. I guess okay. So jewel pods. Sorry, I forgot to take my riddle in this morning. I'm going to be honest with you. You're all good. <laughs> Um, so, so you've been smoking the Juul since January? Yeah, just about. I've kind of, like, told myself, oh, it's just, once the musical's over, we can sell it, and we'll move on, it'll be fine, and, like, holy shit, I love menthol, and I can't fucking stop. I mean, my addiction isn't as bad as other people's, I just kind of, I call it a boof, but that's also kind of, like, slang term for a joint. Okay. But I boof here and there kind of like when I'm it helps me kind of like settle down and stay awake like I do that a lot at night when I'm working on my business okay so also at work but you're not like a mess if you go to work and you forget it at home well I can definitely cope I'll probably have like a coffee or something but I don't get all kind of like twitchy and hey hey, can I have a fucking cigarette please for the love of me you're not that you know? person, yeah. Oh, God, no. A lot of my friends are. Yeah. And my coworker, JJ. I fucking hate him. <laughs> What's up with JJ? What's Why do we hate him? He's a sad 16-year-old. Like, he's a, he's not a sweet kid. He was a sweet kid. And anytime I have it, like, remotely sticking out of my pocket, he'll walk up and snatch it and go to the pisser for, like, a solid five minutes. And I'm like, I don't even know if you did urinate in there or not, but I really just want to know if you washed your hands. That's all I care about. Dudes don't wash their hands. But also girls don't because I'm frequently in the bathroom at my work washing my hands um, or I'll walk in while someone walks out of a stall and just walks right out of the bathroom. I'm like, you don't even feel obligated to wash your hands when another person is witnessing you. Like... It's, That's pretty ballsy. Yeah, I once went on a date with this guy. Uh, we went to Film Bar in Phoenix, and their bathrooms, the sinks are outside of the bathrooms. So there's like two private, like one seater bathrooms, and then there's a sink outside of them. So he goes, he uses the restroom, walks right past the sink to me, and is like, All right, you ready to go? And um, I'm just like, I'm sorry. Like, you're the sink. The sink being in public is usually like a great obligator to get people to wash their hands. Like I find that restaurants and stuff that do the outside sink, like that's how they get you. They shame you into washing your hands. And this dude did not feel any pressure whatsoever to wash his hands, despite the fact that like everyone could see him, including his date. Um, And I was like, you know who you're not going to be fingering later is me. Like that's just what's not going to happen. Um, anyways, just people wash your hands, at least when you're in public. Can you pretend to be decent in public? Be a monster. You can do that gross shit at home. That's your privacy. But please, for the love of God, 
Yeah, I just... It doesn't even take that long. No, I... Yeah, I just... I have a huge problem with that because the thing about polite society is, like, we are all obligated to be better versions of ourselves while we're sharing communal space. So if you're going to be, for instance, picking scabs off your face and putting them in a pile, you do that... (laughs) You do that at home, not on the airplane. Uh, it's just like my where I'm like, if this is how you are in public, what the fuck is happening behind closed doors? Like, are you gnawing the cheese out from under your foreskin, like on your sofa uh, while oh you watch God. The Bachelor? Like, what the fuck are you doing with your time behind closed doors if the public version of yourself is a fucking monster? Um, that's just, uh, yeah. <laughs> So JJ, wash your hands. JJ needs to just. JJ needs to just quit. Also, he needs to smoke his own jewel and not like bum it from someone else. Because these pods are expensive, and he like he goes nuts on them. I don't understand how he's not getting like nicotine sickness from how much he's consuming in like a five minute period. He must have a high tolerance, and that was one. Of, that was really what made me not get a jewel. Was that. Um, listener Ashley May wrote in and told me how much they cost and I was like never mind Um, because I'm a cheap queen and I can't get into all that Um, it's bad enough that I have like a serious CBD addiction which I think is just like half the time me spending money on like snake oil I can't also add jewel to the mix Um, So, so all the kids are smoking Jewel. They're maybe not taking Zanny. Uh, do you, are young people having sex? And I say this because it's my generation and like people slightly younger than me that are having less sex than our parents because it's a lot of like texting and stuff and like sexting and social media stalking, but people aren't actually getting together IRL and hooking up. Um, so like, is that the same for high schoolers? Is everyone like sexting and stuff, but nobody's actually banging? Uh, kind of yes and no. A lot of people will have like hookups. Uh, oh my God. There was a chlamydia outbreak at my school like last year. Stop it. I'm so in for this story. It was so fucking gross. These two girls and a guy had a threesome and one of the girls didn't know that she was carrying it and so she spread it to those two people they had a huge house party everybody was like making out and having sex it was like a horrible fucking orgy and like it just spread like wildfire at least like half the senior class that year had some sort of like std stop it i think one girl because out here there is a strain of syphilis that is drug resistant no. And I'm like 90% sure she was the one that had that one. Stop it. Now, number one, this is, I feel very bad for everyone involved, but also I am delighted because one of my favorite movies is a Lifetime original movie called She's Too Young. And it is about an oral syphilis outbreak at a junior high. And it stars uh, this chick from the first season of Degrassi, The Next Generation. And I think Marsha Gay Harden is her mom. And she's like basically this dude's like getting all the chicks to blow him and then they all get oral syphilis and then the mom is like what's going on with you honey you're not the same as you used to be and then she just has this breakdown where she's like I have syphilis okay I have syphilis in my throat um 
And uh, it's a great movie. And I own it on DVD. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, oh, my God. Yeah, I don't it's I don't know why. And I've met a couple of people who also like remember that I met this girl who when she was in college, her roommates loved that movie so much. But um, they had one of the one of the roommates was from Taiwan. And so she taught them how to say I have syphilis in Taiwanese so that they could say it in public without people hearing them yell. I have syphilis. Um, so so I love I love this story. How did it, how did the rumors spread? Like, how did it, did no one found out about the outbreak until after the party and everyone had it? I think it was just kind of, um, I think it was about a week or two after the parties when symptoms really started to show up and people would like disappear from school. I think, I'm not sure how everybody found out, but I do know that at the assembly, the junior class started chanting, who's got the clap? The seniors got the clap. And when the seniors got the clap, it goes all the way around. No. So they had it to, wait. So wait, so they had to have an assembly to address the outbreak because so many students were missing school? Um, it was more or less like a pep assembly. Like our school is really big on like, come to the football game it's gonna be lit you know it's what the youth say or we're having prom or homecoming and then some for just shits and giggles like the kids that do the um i can't think of the word for it right now but they do all the planning and whatnot for oh, the assembly yeah like the student council yeah, they go ham they go ham on that stuff um and so it wasn't an assembly specifically to address the chlamydia outbreak like, a lot of teachers knew that it was going on, but they kept it on the down low until okay. the junior class just ripped everyone apart as loud as they possibly could. And then, like, basically faculty had to acknowledge, like, yeah, this is happening. It was so embarrassing to see, like, alumni just, like, run up to, like, the bleachers and be like, you can't do that. You need to shut up right now. And you're like, but it's true. But it's funny to me. So when like these parties happen where everyone's like someone's parents are out of town and everyone's over there getting fucked up and spreading chlamydia. What, okay, when I was like a young partier, there weren't camera phones. Initially, when I started drinking and going to parties, there weren't even cell phones um, or even digital cameras. So like it was one thing to be at a party where I went to, I never have done ecstasy, but I used to go to a lot of parties where people were on ecstasy and like, everyone's like fooling around and whatever. And, um, and I would just be like drinking Boone's farm in the corner. Um, but like no one was filming it. Right. So when these parties happen, wh what's it like now? Like, do people pull out their phones? Does it show up on Snapchat? Like everyone, like when they're basically shit faced and, well, pretty much. Truth be told, I've never really been to a party. Kind of glad on that part. Yes. You know, rape culture is really bad out here. Like, so many high school boys are just like, oh, this girl's passed out. I know it's wrong, but my dick says otherwise. It's weird it's to me that that still happens. Like, because we have such a public discourse about it, like that we know that that's wrong, and so it's weird to me that it's still happening. It's just so 
freaking sad. Like, oh my God. There's this one girl I was really good friends with. She disappeared for like a whole year. And then the whole school finds out that this dude was just like super predatory. It's like he he's definitely an outcast type of guy. Like he would totally not get invited to a party or a kickback or whatever. But that that's kind of happening in our own school and like little town. Like it's really uncomfortable and it bothers me more that it's not like un- because the girl's like bent like she's roofied or she's drunk or anything. So like people know if someone takes advantage of a girl. Like, people know, like, they, this guy has a bad reputation because people know that he's done this before. Oh, yeah. Like, as soon as it spreads, you just, like, are completely outcasted from everything. Some teachers would find out and just, like, not talk to him. Like, it was really messy, and I'm surprised that she didn't go to the police about it, but... It, I mean... I kind of get it. I mean, I never went to the police about my own sexual assault. And it's mostly because, like, I wasn't able, even able to articulate until two years later that it was rape. Like, I just... And, and the thing was, like, what happened to me wasn't, like, blurred lines, really. Like, I was violently raped. But, like, afterwards on the drive home, like, because this guy, like, locked my friend out of his apartment. Uh, so he could have me like alone and then on the drive home my friend was like I can't believe you had sex with that guy and I go it wasn't exactly consensual like that's all I was able to say like I wasn't it took me like a couple years to even be like yeah that was rape and then at that point it's like why I'm not able to go to the cops like I have no evidence I don't even know how to get a hold of that fucking guy like whatever um and it can be re-traumatizing to like have to like then tell your parents and the police and then testify and like they like have a kit taken from it yeah like it just it sucks because um yeah like sometimes like your brain just is like we're gonna pretend that didn't happen um because it's like somehow easier I think that's why like so many bad things happen like I I watched the Finding Neverland documentary this is a Sydney rant um and so like the parents like there were things that were kind of weird um in the interaction between Michael Jackson and their kids like they were like that's kind of weird but we know him and he's our friend and he like takes us on these trips so like there's no way that he could be up to anything bad because like your brain doesn't want to accept that like bad things have happened to you or, like, anyone you love. And uh, it's just weird. It's a weird dynamic. But also, like, fuck that guy, you know? Like. No. Like, I agree just wholeheartedly. I haven't ever um seen the Neverland documentary. A lot of my stuff, honestly, just comes from this pod. People think <laughs> I'm, like, wise and knowledgeable. I'm like, no, I just go on pod binges and I, I, I get educated. And I like it. Yeah, it's um I I'm not going to put myself into this category because I'm not as articulate as other people, but it's why I like podcasts is because if you like if you listen to them, you get to hear people who are who have done all the research and they're more articulate and then like they can put like voice to your my my thoughts are always like this weird like uh floating 
Like, it's just like this mess, right? And then I'll hear someone else talk and I'm like, oh, okay, they organized my thoughts and my feelings for me. Thank you so much. Um, but yeah, the so the, the sexual assault thing to me is weird because adults will always like be like, oh, I, I, I'm 34. I work in a bar where the average age of my customer is probably like 50. So I hear a lot of older people talking about issues and they're just like, oh, young people are overly obsessed with consent. And now they use these new condoms that, you know, it needs two sets of hands to tear the package open. And like, so like, like, yeah, and their, their perception is that like, basically teenagers and young adults are having these like really like overly thought out consensual sexual encounters and and it's like, well, no, they're not. That's why, like, this dialogue is happening about consent is because, like, sexual assault is still happening and it's not well defined. Um, like, I don't know. There's a difference between, like, a, a discussion about wokeness and that being put into action. So. Like, uh, it's kind of like, I think I can, I'll talk about it. I um, had a sexual assault, like, last May. And looking back at it, like, I'm really disappointed in myself for not having gone to the police because it was total grooming. Oh. Like, really fucking gross grooming by a coworker at the time. And, like, there, so the definition of consent kind of goes from, like, consenting to the act, like, getting ready to commit it. To, like, to the point of where ejaculation occurs. Mm -hmm. And I did not consent to getting fucking nutted in mm -hmm. by a 24-year-old. Oh, Jesus like, fucking I, Christ. Looking back, I didn't... I can't believe, like, it was consensual, but in the sense that I wasn't really aware that I was being groomed. Like, nobody wants to be told that they're, like, a piece of shit and that your current partner doesn't love you, and that, like, you should just kill yourself, but then suddenly it switches, and you're back in the loop. But it was so fucking terrifying to have that experience. I think, um, at least out here, getting ejaculated in without consent is a, like, felony, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's that, that was a, a, a situation in my sexual assault where, like, basically he said to me, like, I've already fucked you without a condom. Just it, just let me come in you. And it was just like, gee, like, Jesus fucking Christ. I don't know. That's man. really fucking aggressive. Holy shit. Yeah. I, I mean, I was being restrained. It was not a good, not a good scene. But like, I, it's just weird to me that like, I don't know, men have these thoughts and such. Um, but uh, also like a 24 year old and you were 17 at the time, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that, like, I think back on my youth and the experiences I had like that, where it's like, I, for some reason, thought that I was mature and like, oh, I'm just mature for my age. And like, I got myself into these situations that like, in hindsight, like, there's no way that a teenager and an adult man should be having any sort of sexual, like you, you are not equipped to be engaging in any sort of sexual relationship um and I would assume that the men know that 
like because they are the adult um but it happens nonetheless but I mean in your situation like is that something that you can go you could have gone to the police with or would it have just been like them being like we really can't do anything um I get I actually um I did sort of go to the police I went to the non-emergency line first because it wasn't like super dire at the moment i mean when he did ejaculate in me i wasn't on birth control so that was like a miserable like whole month for me because i wasn't sure if i was carrying a baby or not how would i go about like getting rid of it like the whole nine yards and i called them and they're like we really can't do much since it was consensual so you can what you can do is like tell him to like leave you alone yada 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 if he does it again we can come out and talk to him i'm like that really doesn't help my situation. Like, for one, I have violent fucking voicemails on my phone, still to this day, actually, of him threatening to, like, beat me up Are and, you like, kill me? me outside of work. Like, it's fucking traumatic for me. You don't still work with this guy, do you? Oh, God, no, he got fucking fired. Like, I still work there, but mostly because, like, you know, it's a, it's an okay job. I yeah. like my job. That mm-hmm. was the, the shitty part of it. yeah. Yeah, I will. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. Fuck that guy. Did he just go? Did he just hmm? go crazy on you afterwards? I literally, um, I started to like recognize it. Mallory uh, started like pointing out that this wasn't normal. And together we kind of like looked at the signs and I'm like, holy fucking shit, this is a grooming relationship. Mm -hmm. And I just felt so fucking miserable the whole time. So. I'm really blessed that she kind of, like, called it out and, like, showed me what was up. Otherwise, I probably would be, like, dead in a ditch right now because I'm not good at coping. Well, and that's a really good friend um, because the thing of – well, number one, you know that I love Mallory. Number two, the thing about abusive relationships is that you don't notice when you're in them because it's that whole, you know – the lobster in the pot turning the the temperature up slowly like you don't notice because it's just all these little micro things as it builds and it takes someone from the outside to go hey what the fuck is this what the fuck is happening uh this isn't normal and people get scared about that because you can like call someone out on a bad relationship and they can choose to stop being friends with you and you know because like they're brainwashed and they can you know so it is scary to tell someone like hey what's up with your partner uh they're abusing you oh oh, i it just now occurred to me like looking back at it he has like a fucking track record of going after like 16 to 17 year old girls like there were tons of them and the one thing that fucks me up the most is that like, the girl previous to my experience actually got pregnant from him. Oh, my God. She, I she like, had they abortion. have a fucking child. Are they, no. Like, it's so fucking sad. Like, she dropped out. I think she's, like, fucking homeless or something. Like, I don't know how exactly I got myself wrapped up into that fucking situation. But I am so fucking glad I got out and not pregnant. Yes. That, oh, here's my advice for any young people. Uh, don't don't get pregnant. If there's anything you can do to prevent that, uh, condoms, birth control, IUDs, like just 
do that because you can make a lot of mistakes when you're young, um, but some of them uh, are irreversible. And having a baby with some shit bag, can you fucking imagine like just being tied to the worst person you've ever met for the rest of your life and how miserable that would be? Um, so just if there's anything you can do to prevent getting pregnant, um, please do that young people because Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, I was 26 when I got pregnant and I'm still like, I was in an abusive relationship and I always say like, I make light of it, but like getting an abortion was one of the best decisions that I ever made. Um, just because like the idea of being tied to like the worst person you have ever met forever is terrible. Um, so, uh, guys suck. And, (laughs) uh, I have definitely had a less than common high school experience, I would say, but it's definitely shaping some parts. I regret. I think that's pretty natural as like a, just like a human emotion, but yeah, I really recommend just don't fucking get pregnant and do psychedelics. There but. we go. And then <laughs> um and and don't don't stress too much. I know it's hard to like not, but like it the further you get away from high school, the less you like care about the shit that happened there. But when you're there, it just everything seems like such a big deal and it seems like, "Oh my god, this is like gonna affect my entire life and like everything's matters and it it doesn't um but college does a really good job at making you like not give a shit i am so not ready for college are you starting college in the fall i am i'm like the whole like classroom aspect the scholarly shit that's fine i've got that under wraps it's more or less like the fucking fafsa shit Mm mm-hmm Oh my fucking god! I I don't even think I can fill out my FAFSA. Is oh. it FAFSA or FAFSA? I have no idea. I don't know. I've done it a million times and I don't remember. I think it's FAFSA. I don't know. It's Federal, like, and I don't know. <laughs> I've got no idea. Yeah, I've got no idea. But you'll fill it out and you'll get through it. For me, I feel like the hardest part of college is like it's l- less structured, so you have to have like better personal time management um because like you know your classes aren't all day every day and so then you'll like forget about stuff and then it'll be like the next like you'll be like oh well I don't see that teacher for five more days and then like five days will pass and you'll be like oh oh shit I forgot to think about that class um it's yeah it's a lot more like pressure on you in terms of personal time management um also it's a lot of money so I always tell people, like, if you aren't have, if you aren't sure about what you're doing in college, take a year off. Um, I feel like I'm pretty solid in what I want to do. I mean, I still have to go into like the actual school website and change it from like um, unclassified or whatever, like undecided, and fill it out because I'm just so bad at this shit. Like, I really am. I'm ready to move on, but my brain is like a five-year-old and it's like oh fuck not yet not right now (laughs) (laughs) like I'm not having it um what are what are you majoring in I plan on majoring in restaurant management with a minor in nutrition okay cool that's a good that's a good career path that you can work in your field 
as you work on your degree, which is always good. I mean, I'm pretty, pretty solid in what I do. Like, I really enjoy cooking. I enjoy baking. I like the science behind it, more or less. Mm-hmm. But the school I um, plan on attending has a really fancy, like, hotel and bar combo. So I'm planning on becoming, like, a master mixologist, as they call it down there. Yeah. Just because I know that's it can be pretty good money if you know how to work your clients. It's amazing money. Um I know someone who works in Huntington Beach doing that, and he makes almost a grand a shift. So, uh, yeah, I know. It's insane. Um, Like, not always, but, like, often that's, like, the level that he's playing in because his clients are, like, oil barons from uh, Dubai and shit. Like, he's, you know, he puts up with a lot of shit, but he makes insane money and his whole family because he like got a career a degree in communication and his whole family is like yeah he's still fucking off being a like surfing all day bartending by night and I'm like well first of all he's not just like a bartender like I'm a bartender in a neighborhood bar he's like doing high-end bar service and also like working out deals with like liquor companies and like promotions for his company like so he does like basically like sales and product management on top of being a bartender and like he's making that type of money which is uh insane so that's not like it's like really really impressive yeah um sometimes I don't like to tell people how much money I make um number one because then they would be like why the fuck are you broke anymore all the time and I'm like I have finance like student and medical debt (laughs) but also like customers I don't like to let on like how much I make to them because I don't want them to tip me less but like if you find the right pocket of bartending and service industry you make a very respectable career um out of it uh so it just depends like I have a friend who she she just left uh bartending at the age of 45 to become a flight attendant because she needed health insurance and like didn't want to bartend forever but it was very hard for her because her last like five six years of bartending she was making a hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year as a bartender like and that was take home that wasn't even like the pre-tax amount um and so like that's a that's a huge amount of money anywhere but that is a huge amount of money in phoenix and so it allowed her to like save up a lot of money to become a flight attendant because you basically don't make anything like your first year um you barely make enough to like pay your travel costs um because you have to like stay at a hotel near the hub where you're stationed at which isn't where you live etc etc but like yeah it's something that people look down on it when they'll be like oh so and so is like still in the service industry and I'm like yeah I don't like listen I want to be a teacher I'm certified to be a teacher but like I couldn't afford to pay my bills let alone buy food and gas as a teacher but as a bartender I'm able to like you know fit my work week into three or four days and spend the rest of my time like traveling and doing podcasts so like I understand that it doesn't have a lot of like esteem like so there's not a lot of social esteem in what I'm doing but it grants me freedom which most jobs don't give you so I don't know the service and plus like the whole American economy is a service economy now. Anyways, we don't make anything anymore. We just provide service. 
So I feel like it is a it's like a very smart field to go into. I'm pretty like, uh, how do I go about this? Like, you know how I mean? Like, my thoughts are all like free floaty right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'll just evolve as it goes along. So, like, if you if you continue working in the service industry whether or not you go to college you're going to build a career within it like if you take if you take it seriously and you stay open to opportunities and like you build and thrive and make connections like that will be your career and you will have a great career as long you know as you're open to it and embrace it and then with having a degree on top of that it'll push you in a way where people take you more seriously they respect you more when you apply for jobs and you have that you have that degree on it it's like a $60,000 piece of paper saying, hey, I know how to see things through, which employers like. So, which is most of what a college degree says is like that you have the ability to persevere through things and like see things through. Um, And so like, you know, you're going to do fine. If not, you can always be, you can be a, what is it called? A hub? A hub? What are we, what are we calling dealers now? Oh, plugs. A plug. You can be, a, you know, if it doesn't work out, you can always be a plug. That is true. I could always be a plug. But probably just for acid because weed clients are always kind of sketchy. Like, they'll totally rob you and it's not a good time. We Wait, I'm sorry. Weed clients are more likely to rob you? Is that true? It's pretty fucking scary. Like, if you have good quality strains and you have a lot of it, like, people will fucking rob you. Like, it's ridiculous. What? Like, the kid who's, like, a said Coke dealer got robbed of worth, like, $2,000 worth of Coke. Yeah, that I believe. But a lot of my friends have been, like, jumped and, like, had their weed taken. I'm pretty sure that I'm, without a doubt, I'm sure that would happen for, like, anybody just dealing any sort of, like, substance. But yeah. it seems kind of more chill on the psychedelic end. I think the general aura of people who do psychedelics just kind of really don't give a shit and they're just kind of here for a good time they're here to see good shit and just feel alive for like a fucking 12 hour period they're more empathetic because like they've opened up those like sensors that make them feel a sense of community and connection so they're probably less likely to be mean to other people probably (laughs) i mean it's just like you know, when you do psychedelics and you're just like, I just, everything is, we're all part of one thing. We're all connected. And like, you can't with that attitude go, we're all connected, but give me your money. <laughs> give me your fucking stock, bro. Yeah. Um, I mean, if anything, I feel like this episode has served as an advertisement for the um, Denver Board of Tourism, and I'll tell them uh, where to send a check for you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like, I know my whereabouts. I'll give you a fucking, a little homemade tour in my cute little Honda Accord. There we go. And it'll be a good time. We can stop and we can get CBD gummies and we'll get pho or some shit. There we go. I'm. It's I'm, the Colorado experience. That's the full Colorado experience. Yeah, I've never been. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why. Well, maybe they they never had uh, legal shrooms before. So now that they do, I feel like my interest is more peaked. Um, it's like worth putting up with some minor cold weather for. Oh man, what temp is it right now? It's eighty five. Oh geez, that's actually kind of warm. It's 
I mean, it is warm for you guys. Hold on. I'm going to tell you what it is right now. This is hot weather talk. Um, okay, we're at uh, 102. Oh, my God. Yeah, I hate my life. Have I mentioned that? There's You'll hear as the episodes that I've recorded this week come out that I've had some emotional outbursts. And then I go, it's the heat. I swear, it's just the heat. Um, <laughs> when I flew out to California that one week, it was like in the middle of a fucking heat wave. Oh, yeah, and you were there. I, that was a bad fucking week because I was there. I don't understand how people can live there, let alone, like, old people. Like, I just don't like the heat. Like, if it drops to, like, below freezing out here, I'm having a good time. I mean, my nipples might not be, but I'm having a good fucking time. And, like, I've never had such bad thigh chafe. My deodorant would melt off within an hour. Mm-hmm. I, I was really underprepared for that entire trip yeah and there, even where just, i was staying oh it was so hot there there's just like nothing you can do about it because i i was there that week and one day i went out and i was wearing like a baby tee crop top and a mini skirt and i still was dying of heat and i'm just like okay i have like no clothes on and any zach makes fun of me uh, a lot because on our first date i was wearing a bikini with like a negligee over top of it um but it's because we were going to do mini golf and it's like hot like that's all i wear all summer is like a bikini with a negligee because it's too hot to wear anything else and he just is like yeah i didn't didn't know you're going to show up wearing lingerie and i'm like it's what am I supposed to wear like anything more than a g-string is too much for this heat so I don't really know what you expect me to do because I I don't believe in being uncomfortable uh, or passing out from heat stroke um does your grandma live in California uh she has a timeshare out there oh if she moved to California I would probably never visit her the highway freaks me out i don't like the fucking weather there's cockroaches all over the fucking place like i i just it's not my cup of tea like when i went to sedona that was my cup of yeah. tea. it was like look at the vortexes here's a really cool crystal shop there's a runway out in the distance i'm like you know i like this i, I can i can deal with this it's but super India, chill up there they have like kombucha at gas stations god i love that <laughs> Like, that's definitely, if I were to, like, move out of Colorado, I would probably go there or Flagstaff. Yeah, those are, like, definitely cool hippie towns. What were you going to say before I interrupted you? Oh, Indio. Oh, fuck like, that place. If she moved to Indio, I would never see her again. No. I'd probably FaceTime her, but I am not a fan of fucking hot weather. That entire trip really tested, like, my faith in baby boomers. And just, like, her in general. And I'm just so glad to be back home. I maybe should have just interviewed you about that trip because that's amazing. Oh, it was a fucking... It was cool, but it was a nightmare. I was drunk for most of it. Like, Smart. I really... I don't really drink that often. That's the one thing. Like, I don't like to be, like, totally fucking out of my mind. But when I'm getting asked questions about my boyfriend or my job or why is my generation such a dick... It's like, mm, let me have a sip of this Merlot first because I will pop off and you will not love me the same. Um, yeah, I uh, 
the couple of times I've traveled with my mother, who is a boomer, I was still drinking then because it's just like a lot where someone's like questioning you and measuring you up to like the rubric of how their generation grew up. And I'm like, I need you to stop bragging about how you worked so hard and you paid your way through college. Um, and you didn't need student loans because back then you could work the three months of summer. Like my mom would work two jobs for three months of summer and then that was enough money to pay her tuition and her living expenses for the next nine months of school. And so oh like God. when people where I'm like, you stop telling me like, oh, I just worked two jobs. Yeah, you worked two jobs three months out of the year and the rest of the year you just went to school. So like stop, like stop until you like learn how to read newspapers and follow what's going on with the economy and the cost of education and housing I need you to stop because it is to to use the language of my generation it is literally impossible for me to become a homeowner or or pay off my student loans like it is literal. there is no amount of hard work that can make those things happen for me so I need you to just like stop making me feel like there's some sort of deficit in my life because I haven't succeeded in the way that you did when we faced vastly different obstacles. Like it's just a lot. And I, I don't care for that. Um, I always like, I have, I approach people with empathy of like, where are you at? What are the circumstances that are affecting you and your life? And boomers just like, don't seem to have that. Um, and it drives me bananas. And I cannot imagine being in India, which is the hottest, shittiest place in the world. Scott McNulty and I almost got eaten by like a lizard human there. And I can't imagine being there with my mother. I would have lost my fucking mind. So you're you're brave is what I'm saying. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I honestly, she was so fucking mean about it too. Like, She's like, oh, it's not even that pretty. Let's go to, like, Palm Springs. You know, it's going to be really nice there. It's going to be beautiful. You'll love it. Like, why are you dissing the fucking desert scene? Like, I like cactuses. I like red sand. Like, you don't need to go fucking ham and try and impress me. Yeah. It's it's just Earth, my man. (laughs) I like all of Earth. She wasn't into Sedona? She didn't really care for it. She's like, oh, it's, it's too red. I don't like the the road getting there. I'm like, uh, yeah, I have severe motion sickness. And I had to be drugged up on uh, Dramamine the whole fucking time. So, yeah, I I can understand that part. But the entire trip of California, I was either drunk or I was on dopamine. I wish I was on dopamine. I could really go for some of that. (laughs) Fucking Dramamine. Like, I was building up a tolerance with how much I was taking. Just to survive being around your grandma? unfortunately I, I swear we've drove over like a thousand miles while we were there for like less than a week oh, it was geez. ridiculous yeah that's a lot that's all it's a lot of time to spend in the car with anyone I'm very particular about I travel a lot alone and outside of that I'm very particular of who I travel with because even people you like you don't want to have them talking to you for hours on end and so for me like because I enjoy silence, if someone can't shut the fuck up on a drive, I'm going to have a problem. Um, my mom is one of those people who she can't let there be any dead air. So she feels the need to constantly 
be running her mouth and like I just remember driving through the great smoky mountains and it's beautiful and I'm just looking out the window and like having good feelings like I'm observing beauty I'm feeling beauty I'm lost in my thoughts and my mom's just like blah 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 blah, blah. oh look there's a cracker barrel I bet the people from that town back there that don't have any restaurants have to drive all the way over here to go to cracker barrel blah 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 oh a Walmart that must be where these people shop and I'm just like can you just like can you just like stop like like these are unneeded observations yeah like you don't have to keep stating it's like a little kid that just learned how to read and they're like oh a target like that's what being in a car with my mother is like and I just would be like mom you don't have to keep talking it's fine we can just listen to the radio and then you know it'd be like two seconds of silence and then it would be like have you ever heard of how you know kids are putting bleach on tampons and putting them in their ass and I'm like that's not happening can you please shut up oh my god oh it's just yeah it's it's very hard to be in a car with anyone let alone especially family members really seem to make it rough it really kills me because like I used to be really close to my grandma like like she was my buddy and then she married this new guy and she moved to Maine for a year and now she says fucking bags all weird and she's like completely fucking different. She came back from Maine a totally different person? Pretty much. Like she can't even say bag normally. Like she's like bag. Oh. Pass me a baggie. I'm like you lived there for a fucking year. You've been in like Colorado for like pretty much your entire fucking life. Everyone out here says bag with like a round A. And you still feel the need to say big. Does she live in Colorado again? Yeah, she lives um, all the way up in Windsor. So it's... I like Windsor. It's a cute little small town if you're into those. Mm-hmm. But nobody there fucking says big. So I'm really confused. <laughs> Does, well, you should also talk to my friend who moved to London and now has a total Madonna accent. And it makes oh me want to fucking die. <laughs> I'm like, She'll be like... <laughs> she stays with her sister out here like in the boonies like in the boonies it's nowhere near phoenix which is the it's the fifth or the sixth biggest city in the country she does not stay in phoenix she stays in the fucking boonies and then we'll go to like village inn for breakfast and she'll be like oh i get so bloated when i come to america these american brekkies are just so big and i'm like okay oh. first of all <laughs> you're from idaho like <laughs> second of all and like she'll just be like oh i forgot how everyone in phoenix is so fat from these um, salty american brekkies i'm like okay stop talking shit about phoenix which sucks in its own way but we're nowhere near phoenix right now like we're in the boonies so like she'll just be like oh everyone's looking at my haircut so weird out here it's i forgot how in america nobody knows fashion and i'm like uh, like I'm sorry, we're practically in Hills Have Eyes territory. Like, we're not in a proper city with your stupid fucking haircut. And I don't know what's going on with your voice, but I'm so mad about it. Like, (laughs) I literally have secondhand anger from like that. Oh, it is frustrating. Um, She, like, texted me that she's going to be out here for a month uh, next month. And, like... 
I feel bad because I feel like I'm going to like be pressured or obligated to hang out. But she literally stays like an hour drive away from where I live in central Phoenix. Like I, I live in the middle of everything and she lives an hour outside of that. And so it's like, how many days do I want to drive an hour to go hang out with someone where unless we then drive an hour back into civilization, we're hanging out in the boonies and then I'm going to have to hear, you know, oh, you Americans this and America that and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't know how you're judging all of America based on this fucking strip mall. Um, But I could like really use for a little less shitting upon my life um, with your weird accent. And so it was like, good news. I'm going to be out there for a month. And I'm like, great. I don't. I hope your accent changes back. I hope your accent changes back and then maybe we can be friends. But also, like, I don't see my friends that, like, live right by me ever. Um, And so the idea that now, because, like, she's in from out of town, I'm going to feel obligated to hang out and, like, go be tortured. Um, I don't know, man. I just, <sighs> just you know, I wish, wish people would just leave me alone. But, um. <laughs> But particularly people with, like, bad put-upon accents who want to, like, shit on me. Like, I get it. I get it. You're so cosmopolitan. And I'm just, like, a backwoods idiot because I live in Phoenix. Like, I get it. But also, I haven't had disfiguring face injections. So, like, we, we both have... We're both bringing something to the table. Um, I'm bringing... Uh, like a proportional upper and lower lip. So I've got that going for me. Um, This is, I should, I should just beep all of this out. I'm not going to edit it off. I'm just going to beep it out. Uh, I'm just kidding. She doesn't listen. I I prefer it when people (laughs) like the people, like I don't want people to listen just because they're my friends. um, Because that's like weird. It feels like pity almost. Like that's how I feel with my like stickers. You want like organic friends. So you have, I should, let's say this, you have a Redbubble store where you sell, you sell stickers with your art and your tweet on them. And like, you want your fan base to be organic, like people who like it because they like the work, not because they're humoring you because they're your friend. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't want people listening just because like they know me and they feel obligated to. Dude, if you know me in real life, we can talk in real life. That's fine. Um, but like, I want the people who listen to the show be listening because they actually like the show. Um, so yeah, it's, it's better when people don't, my, and then I feel like less inhibited, you know, and then I can just go on a shit talking storm. Um, what's your Redbubble site? It's, um, like the name of it? Yeah. Like how can people find uh, it? It's, uh, Sad Baby Back. Uh, my favorite sticker I've probably put out right now is my dick thanks my dick thanks I love that sticker so fucking much <laughs> like um, that one's a really big inside joke within my uh, drama department but it's just such, like who doesn't want a sticker with a cute little pastel gradient that like aggressively states my dick everybody wants that I feel and they should buy it they should go to uh well, they should follow you on Twitter, first of all, and they should go to your Redbubble site and they should buy some stickers because um, it'll, you know, support the talent. Put your money, like, if if it's the content you want to see in the world, put your money towards it, people. 
like it's just so fucking nice to have people um want something and like if the product's there and people are willing to pay for it of course it's a huge incentive to just keep on going yeah like i haven't even had my site open up for like a week and i've already had like five sales that's amazing and that means a fucking lot to me yeah it's just like it's encouragement um i always am like my goal is just to like make back the money that I've spent creating the show. But like every time I sell like some stickers, I'm like, you know, okay. So there are people who actually give a shit about what I'm doing, um, which, you know, cause it, it takes up a lot of my time. So um, people give me your money. So I don't have to sell <laughs> pictures of my feet on the internet. Just like if you could do that. So I don't have to sell videos of me stepping in baked beans on the internet that would be great um also if you want to give me money to step in like a tray full of baked beans you can dm me and we can negotiate the cost for that um because like i'm trying to i'm trying to pay off my medical debt and if that involves a couple cans of bushes baked beans it is what it is it is what it is i mean the more beans, the merrier. Exactly, exactly. And so it's like, listen, a custom bean video isn't cheap because I have to not only like cover my costs, but I have to cover the cost of the beans. Um, but I just feel like, you know, if you want to support people, um, you got to do it. So I've genuinely considered that. Um, I mean, I feel like there is a way to make money at it, but I think you have to like flirt with a bunch of people to like before they hand over their money. Um, and then like, do you want to spend all day on your phone? Like, you know, purring at people and sending, I don't know, pictures of your feet. And the answer could be yes. Uh, I was, I was, uh, talking to someone who knows someone who I know about it and they were like, yeah, basically like I, um, my, I had a boyfriend who was into foot worship and I got into it. And then when he broke up with me, I started like posting on Instagram and like now I don't have to have a full time job. And I was like, good for you. But at least she like bottom line is into having her feet worshipped anyways. So it's less of a stretch than like if you're you got to love what you do. Yeah. If you're like, I'm not. I'm not particularly into any sort of foot play. Um, so it's, it would be more of a job for me. Um, but, uh, and so anyways, that's why people should buy, uh, the sex, drugs and spirituality merch. You can DM me for ways to pay. You can buy it from my Depop store. You can just straight up like Venmo or PayPal or square cash me because those have less fees than Depop. Um, and you know, every, every penny you give me is one, less penny I have to make from baked beans so um (laughs) so yeah um I guess I that's probably it we're at an hour 20 so wow that's that's actually really impressive I mean we could talk all day especially if we wanted to just compare who's worse your grandma or my British friend Uh, (laughs) (laughs) should I make a sticker that says fuck you grandma Yes, you should. Oh, my God. When your grandma gave you diarrhea, it gave me life. Um, That was so fucking awful. I think it was, like, Christmas Eve when I, like, shit myself violently. Did you actually shit your pants or did you? I did. You did. I'm so fucking, like, I'm not even ashamed at this point. Like, 
I shit myself and it was my grandmother's fault. Yeah. And she doesn't understand why I won't eat her fucking food. I'm like, first off, you're using food techniques from the fucking 60s. That's gross. I have a refined palate. Sorry to say. Well, yeah, you, you're sex- like a food person. So like, yeah, you don't need some 60s bullshit where all the ingredients came out of a can. They're like, I it's just- the food of the future. It's all preservatives. And you're like, Jesus fucking Christ. It's like, I hate to tell you, Grandma, but the food of the future here is literally just molecular gastronomy and veganism. Yeah. Like, I don't know what you're expecting. Like, I'm not enjoying these, like, canned fish. Oh, God, Grandma. <sighs> grandma. Like, I have eaten so many sardines packed in fucking Louisiana hot sauce and mustard to please her. And it's like, I don't understand how I, like, still have my taste buds and they love me. But more or less how my, like, asshole hasn't, like, fallen off my body and, like, went away. Yeah, you're a trooper because that's upsetting. Just hearing about that makes me want to die. Um, <laughs> good God. I People are weird about food. I'm, I'm working on being less particular about food than I used to be. But, like, people, if you just are like, no, thank you, I don't want that, they're like, oh, come on, have some. Oh, don't you want to? It's so good. Like, and you're just like, can... Listen, we're, we're a generation of consent. No means no. I don't want that. There's nothing wrong with me because I don't want it. There's nothing wrong with you because you want it. It's just we don't want the same things right now. Can you stop forcing your food choices into my mouth? Like, And, and then it's like, it's like rude, right? I wish it wasn't considered rude to say no thank you to people's food. Like, I just I have said no thank you to so much of her shit. Like if it's at like a party setting, I'm not eating anything that like comes out of her fucking kitchen. I literally just watching her cook, I'm like, you have broken so many fucking like sanitation rules. I want to crawl out of my skin and like transcend. Like I I'm I'm such a serve safe bitch. It's not even funny. No, I am I'm the same way and I think it comes from being in the service industry, I read a thing years ago that like 50% of home cooks don't wash their hands when they're cooking. 50%. And I just, That's I cannot so with that. Gross. Even in the service industry, I see things that I'm like, like, why is that happening? I cannot tell you how many people I have seen who are like service industry veterans, like 20 plus years, who will take a plastic tumbler and scoop it in the ice bin to scoop up ice and I'm like that's not health code like that is one of the like cardinal rules like what you're doing is not health code or they'll like have like a towel that's meant to like wipe the edge of plates and they'll drop it on the floor and pick it back up and put it on the shelf and you're like first of all you're not even supposed to be wiping the edge of plates with towels but it happens. But um, you're definitely not supposed to be dropping towels on the floor and putting them back up to be used on people's fucking plates. Um, I just and so I'm really weird about eating food that really anybody makes. I went to a, I used to go to a lot of like vegan potlucks and shit. And I went to one, I think the last one I ever went to years ago. And uh, everyone who went got food poisoning. And the worst thing is when you're vegan, like, you know, it's not salmonella. Like if you get food poisoning, it's because it because you got someone's E. coli like you got it was someone's shitty fucking hands is what oh is happening if you get vegan food poisoning. And so I'm just like, yeah, one of these dirty vegan motherfuckers <laughs> didn't wipe their shitty hands. 
And now we all have to ha- like throw up and have diarrhea for the next 10 hours. Thank you so much. So uh, I'm really, I'm just very particular about that. And then there's that whole like uh, Hare Krishna thing about like the bad karma in food and you don't want to eat food that's cooked by someone who isn't cooking it with love in their heart. Um which I like, that was the only part of the Hare Krishna episode that I remember and I liked. And I was like, yeah, I don't want your fucking bad juju up in my guts. You know what I'm saying? It's like, when I make my fucking food for people at work, I'm doing it with, like, love and intention. Unless it's a baby boomer. Then it's, like, Fuck you. half-assed, but it still gets the point across. Um, Yeah, I had a friend uh, who, I'm not going to say how, that, how I know this, but he is a chef. And, uh also very good uh at love making and it is because like he's he approaches them with the same intention which like he loves making food for people because he's like I love seeing people happy I love like I love inducing pleasure in others and so like that's the intention that I make food with and like that was also the intention that he uh fucks with and ladies loved him um and so I just think like that's like yeah, I don't want someone cooking food because they're like, I got an hour left and I've been holding in my piss behind the line and like, you know, like just with that like war zone because sometimes in the kitchen it can be like a battlefield. Um, it's fucking nuts. And so, yeah, I don't I don't want that bad juju food and I don't want your shitty baby boomer cooked at home, didn't wash your hands bullshit. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Or like, oh, yeah, I just like let this sit on the counter for like hours before I left because the container didn't fit in the fridge. I don't want that. It's the fucking goat cheese incident. Oh, my God. What was the goat cheese incident? She loves goat cheese. And I'm like, I I can understand it. I fancy myself some higher end type of shit usually. But whatever. It's goat cheese. Any sort of dairy product she leaves on the fucking counter. The only like exception to that is milk. That's She's like, oh, it'll spoil if I leave it out. I'm like, you don't think that logic applies to these soft cheeses? Oh, grandma. <sighs> and she was really upset that I bought a really, like, a, a log of it with, like, fucking blueberries and shit on it. And I didn't want to take it home. I'm like, it'll spoil in my luggage. Don't put it in my luggage. Like, <sighs> Did she end up putting it in your luggage? I was unpacking and I found it smashed up against my casting and I'm like, I might as well just kill myself now to save myself the trouble of getting this out. But Oh my god, that's the worst. That's like a prank you pull on someone is putting goat cheese in their luggage. That's like a bad prank. I um, just got no idea how I didn't smell it. Oh jeez, she wrapped it up tight. Fucking grandma. Oh my god. So, uh, in conclusion... Fuck boomers. <laughs> Fuck your grandma. <laughs> oh my god. Fuck boomers. Fuck grandma. I'm a plug. Do psychedelics. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh and happy hump day, everyone. Happy hump day. <laughs> <laughs>